Welcome to this episode of the Bully Pew Podcast brought to you by Protestia.com. Bully Pew Podcast is sort of, I guess, a companion podcast to Protestia Tonight, which is kind of a podcast, kind of a video. I don't know. But the Bully Pew Podcast is where I'm basically driving around in my car. I stole this idea from the Christian Commute, which you can also listen to at Protestia Live or by subscribing to uh, Seth Dunn's Christian Commute on your favorite RSS um, reading podcast app, as well as the Bully Pew podcast you're listening to right now. But this is the podcast where we, well, I just talk about stuff that's on my mind. I don't have anything that's in front of me. There's not slides or videos or research being put up on a screen while I while I talk about things, no funny intros, no no things like that. It's just me driving around in the car and talking about, you know, what kind of whatever's uh, whatever's come up the last few days. So one of the things I've been wanting to get to, wanting to discuss, and I have about a half an hour or so to do this on this drive. But one of the things I've been wanting to discuss is this um, this idea that the information age, the modern age that we live in, and the fact that it seems like pretty much everybody is. Uh, engaged in sort of this this attached digital world or this this separate digital world from their real life, uh, it, it creates a whole bunch of problems that I don't think we really have come to grips with or we really we really fully understand. I realize this is this is an ironic thing to say from a digital podcast that you are no doubt listening to on a digital device that is connected to this digital world that we all inhabit, um, mainly in our minds, because it's, it's, it's like we, we all still exist in the physical world that we've always existed in. We all do a lot of the same things that we've always done and, you know, for a long time. We go to work and we, we go do extracurriculars and we go to church and you know, we, we, we do all those things. You know, we go out to eat and we, we, uh, you know, we, we live basically from a physical standpoint, a very similar existence to how it's always been for a long time. But then there's this, this other part of our brain, this other part of our existence that doesn't exist there anymore, that it, it, it exists in this, this digital space. And it, it is very true that our brains, our minds, uh, emotions, and the things that are, that are inside, um, feel very disconnected. I mean, more disconnected now than I think that they've ever been. And it's because, uh, we, we have this alternate reality that we, we think is real. And in, in some ways it, it is real, but it's a distorted version of, of reality. And this, this really came to the fore with the explosion in popularity of social media, of course, and social media basically promising us one thing, but really in reality delivering something very different. Um, it, it, it has this way of distorting the scale of things, the importance of things, the timing of things. It has a way of distorting time itself in our, in our own minds. Obviously, in real life, it's not actually doing that. But to the extent that we believe it, to the extent that it's what we see uh, or what we think is going on, then for us, it's reality. Reality for reality for us, um, as far as we understand it, is not just about what's actually true, what's actually real and out there, but mainly what we perceive to be true, what we what we think is true. And normally, we would rely on 
our sensory perception. We would rely on experience. Um, we would rely on reality to keep us in check as far as that goes, as far as knowing what's true, knowing what's real. Um, and now, nowadays, that just isn't the case. We basically have this, um, this alternate reality, this alternate existence that we find to be in our minds and our emotions very much the same, very much the same and just as real as anything else, as, as the actual physical reality we inhabit. But of course it isn't true. It's very hard, but it's very hard to convince ourselves that it isn't true. It's very hard to convince ourselves that, um, that this digital reality is fake. It's, it's make-believe and it's not that true things can't be, um, found there, but we always have to keep in mind that it, it is distortive by nature and its goal is not what our goal would be as much as these social media companies would like to say uh, we're trying to connect people we're trying to bring people together uh, we're trying they, they sell it basically as a as a hyped up or um, even like a better version of reality so it's oh you're hanging out with your friends but you're hanging out with even more friends and, and you're hanging out with your friends, but now you can express yourself in ways you weren't able to before. And you're, you're able to know more information, be more informed. Or you, they, they sell all of these positives of this, um, of this alternate reality, but they don't really tell you that it's a business like anything else. And in the case of social media in the information age, in its present form, the business is um, to try to get as much of your attention as possible. And because th that's how they monetize it. They monetize by, um, they monetize it by keeping your attention and then putting advertisements in front of you that are, you know, of course paid for by vendors that, that want to put their, want, want to sell you things. It's really, it's really that simple. Um, but they don't, they they don't overtly tell you that that's what it's about they tell you it's that this is some magical realm where um, it's just like real life only better and it's just like real life but only more of the things you like about real life and less of the things you don't like and of course one of the main things that they, they say you can you can get rid of in re, in real life that you don't like is this idea that in real life you're confronted with situations and ideas and thoughts and things that you don't like that are challenging to you that you have to you have to um, in some cases compromise with in some cases you, you have to bob and weave and you have to handle um, disagreement and you have to handle ideas you don't like and, and things you don't want to see or hear that's real life um, but in digital life online um, they sell you on this idea that you get to control that experience and so anything you don't like anybody anybody you don't want to talk to or deal with or handle or whatever you can basically you know, snap them out of existence, like Thanos in the in the uh, the Avengers uh, movies. You just snap, and it goes away. And while that's true to a degree, there's also um, the idea that they want to put in front of you whatever is going to keep your attention the longest. Which is not that that's not how real life works. In real life, we end up. Um, we end up in situations that we like, we end up in situations we don't like, and we end up with mostly situations that are somewhere in the middle. 
and and communication is somewhere in the middle and there are other people there that have their own motivations and their own desires and thoughts and their own um, proclivities and things like that and we, we have to adjust for one another and instead online we get um, these uh, fake versions of people that you know, and it's it's so it's so um, in, insidious because they say that well these are your friends. Here's you know like Facebook for for example they would say here's your friends list. These are your friends, and of course if you're anything like me, most of the people are on your friends list on Facebook you don't even know, and um, and then a good number that you you did know, especially in the early days of of that social media platform, are people that you used to know. There are people that you're like oh yeah I remember that person from high school. I remember that person from. Um, from the church I used to go to or the, the state I used to live in or, or, you know, whatever other situation. And, and of course, social media, um, algorithms were able to put those connections together and suggest things or you like, Oh, I remember that person. And you hit, you know, you add them to your quote unquote friend list. But the truth is you're not friends. You know, most people can't maintain any more than a handful of actual friends. And then, um, a few more, maybe a few hundred, um, you know, casual associates or things like that that they can they can maintain and 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 trust to a degree and communicate with um it's easier of course in the in the church and within the body of christ because we share something that is beyond uh even um even genetic relationship you know even even um more than our flesh and blood connection with our own family um being adopted into god's family is a is a stronger connection than even that um, but social media companies are able to distort those things as well, and it's one of the things that one of the things I don't think that we've fully come to grips with as users of of and we are users. I mean, really, we're not we're not the customers, despite what we tend to think. I'm going to chase a rabbit here for a second, like I usually do. Um, we like to think that when we're on social media platforms uh, like Facebook, uh, like Twitter. Like, like, you know, things like this, uh, um, TikTok, I don't, you know, name the, the, the platform, it doesn't really matter. We like to think that we're the customers, we're their customer base, we're the ones that they should be responsive to. But in reality, we're not the customers any more than um, uh, chickens on a farm are the customers of the farmer. Um, we're, they, they don't care primarily what we want. They care what the, the people paying the bills want, and that's the advertisers. That's the, the businesses that market themselves on these platforms. And because those businesses want, um, they want uh, eyes for their advertising and, and people that are coming back and seeing their advertising a lot, that's the motivation that keeps the social media platforms wanting to keep the, the users happy. Um, the old saying goes, if you're, if you're not paying for it, you're not the, you're not the customer, you're the, you're the product. And that's very true on social media, but they don't, they don't like to come out with that. You know, they, they try to pretend like that doesn't exist. Um, and for the most part, we tend to believe them. We tend to spend time on these social media platforms thinking, and because they're telling us this, thinking that it's all about us and that this is a, this is a wonderful thing and we become attached to it we you know similar to actual relationships in real life except this this these ones are artificial we become attached to the the ups and downs of how these quote unquote relationships go and we we we're happy when the the 
the platform gives us what we want and we're we're unhappy when we when we don't get what we want but of course it just keeps us coming back for more for that next hit of uh, serotonin from the somebody liking what we say or, or having a good response to it or something but of course it takes about two seconds to send a response to anything um, and and so I mean nobody's invested really it's all fake the entire thing is an illusion but one of the things one of the things I don't think that we fully uh, to, to circle back one of the things I think we we don't we don't have a grip on we haven't come to grips with is this idea that reality itself can be twisted and is twisted by the information age you know the the, the information age gives gives people you know quasi godlike powers over perception over information um over the over their little world you know people are and and the platforms sell this basically they don't say that it's this but it is it is this this idea that your experience can be whatever you want whatever you want is what you're going to get well that's that's quasi godlike powers if if you can go through life only seeing what you want and not seeing what you don't want and having affirmation all the time um and and never never being challenged on anything and when you are challenged it's basically by people that you have no real relationship with and there are no consequences for how for how you interact with them um you can you can fight back you can slap them around you know you can you can snap them out of existence it's all up to you the the world is your oyster and and you rule and um and and but but in reality you're you in your own little world you're all by yourself you don't share the same reality with these other these other people that are using these platforms because they're when they pull up their social media feed they pull up um, the stuff that they want to see it's totally different from yours and it may be telling them something totally different from what yours is telling you even though theoretically and on paper you're all occupying the same quote-unquote space in in truth that's not the case um, there's a scene I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the Avengers movies here just because it came to my mind but there's a scene in that in the uh, I don't think it's the the last one uh, the end game it might be infinity war uh, the second to last of the you know the Avengers movies, um, as they are, um, but there's a scene in that where Chris Pratt's character um, is looking, holding a gun at Thanos, and he's holding uh, Gamora, uh, you know, and and he's pointing the gun, and then all of a sudden um, Thanos snaps or, or or does something with the gauntlet, the the with the the stones that he has so far, and the entire. Um, reality around them disappears, you know, almost like a virtual reality headset. It just disappears, and what's actually there is something totally different. And Chris Pratt is just, you know, his, his character, Star Lord, I think it's called, um, is just totally shocked by this. And his his gun turns into a it turns into bubbles and just floats off into the middle of nowhere. And that's that's what happens on social media. You think that you are seeing. Um, basically the same thing everybody else is seeing psychologically you know it's like you're there and the information is there and all of your supposed friends are there and so you feel like hey this is a shared space this is a shared existence this is a a shared uh, perception and in reality you're the only one in that little world you're all by yourself and I I don't think we fully come to grips with not only the reality of that (coughs) excuse me but but also just how much that 
breaks us down and makes us, um, it, it actually tears us apart. It, and it makes us easy to manipulate and easy to control, which I think is part of the idea at this point. Even if the, the goal with these platforms originally was not to do that, and I don't see any reason why um, to think that the original goal was to do this, this is the effect of such powerful um, technology, such the technology that so powerfully changes our perception. Um, and, and it changes it in so many ways that we don't even really realize, I think. Uh, not only does it change our, our reality in terms of what's actually there or not there, and what's actually, it, it changes the scale of things. It changes, um, you know, how big you think something is. I mean, we saw companies fall for this a lot, especially a few years ago when it would be, you know, somebody at their company would take a politically incorrect position and nobody in, in, real life nobody even cared on an, on a real scale but the internet was able to convince these companies that everybody was concerned about this and they thought man now nobody's going to shop at our at our company anymore nobody's going to buy our stuff anymore because this one person took a politically incorrect position you know real life in real life nobody cared but in internet life online life these companies were convinced that it was a big huge deal and it was going to destroy the company and I mean that, that's part and parcel of how cancel cancel culture has gotten um, so powerful. It's be, it's gotten so powerful because there is no way to judge the scale of any issue. The internet has a way of making tiny little things look gigantic. It has a way of making look making gigantic things kind of disappear and seem um, inconsequential. Uh, it it has a way of of changing time itself, at least as far as how we perceive it. Um, because because of its ability to basically deliver us instantaneous information, instantaneous gratification, uh, we expect things to happen um, immediately. We get, we've gotten very impatient, both with just the way that life works in general, but also especially with the way that we, we consume information. And there have been social media platforms that have cropped up and become things in response to this, in response to our... Um, lack of attention span, so to speak. They, they've, you know, TikTok and YouTube Shorts and, and Snapchat and you know a lot of these things where it's like it's instant gratification. Then it then it uh, it's gone, and of course it's not actually gone. Nothing's gone on the internet. Um, it just increases the noise. Uh, but but it, it it messes with our ability to understand time itself. It it also messes with our ability to uh, to communicate because. We know subconsciously, I think, or, or sometimes consciously, that when we're communicating online, um, it's it's basically a public broadcast. And, and yeah, I mean, we might say, well, this is private and it's for this little group here. But we don't know that for sure. And the truth is that it's two things. When you you know that when you communicate online, or at least you know, like I said, subconsciously, you know that when you communicate online. Um, you don't know whether you don't know whether what you've said is going to be heard by one person, a handful of people, the whole world, or possibly nobody, or anywhere in between. You have no idea who's listening to it, and so obviously that that um, that changes what you say. That changes how you say it. That cha- changes um, um, how you phrase things and and what words you use and, and all of this. I mean, I I can tell right now. As I'm recording this this podcast, it really 
probably not too many people know about at this point, but a few people may hear, I'm thinking about what I'm saying right now in light of you, the listener, listening to this later on online. That's just the, the, the nature of broadcasting our communication, you know, broadcasting, like casting it to a broad audience versus um, personal communication. And social media, of course, basically sells itself as a better version of personal communication. This is personal, but even better. Personal, but even more of your friends here. You know, personal, but um, with none of the none of the challenges or compromises or difficulties of real relationships. Um, we found we found a way to perfect relationships and make everybody the best version of themselves. And in reality, of course, nobody is themselves. It's all fake. The whole thing is an illusion. Um, and because they monetize themselves by basically monetizing your attention and as much attention as they can possibly give to you, or excuse me, as much of your attention as you can possibly give to them, um, that algorithm is not friendly to balancing anybody's life. It's like a casino. It tries to, it tries to keep you in as long as possible. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, we don't know the scale of our communication or who it goes out to. At the same time, um, there's no natural end to it. And, and we know that as well. So in a normal conversation, in a normal social, social situation, we know that you know, something we say uh, is, has, a, has a shelf life. We say it, people might think about it for a while, they might respond to it. Um, but the next day, most of what you said, you don't remember, they don't remember. It basically ceases to exist, and so it gives us opportunities as as um, friends or as people in relationships, you know, with one another, whether it's friendship or coworkers or family or whatever. It gives us that opportunity to make a lot of fine adjustments to um, who who we are in that relationship and what we choose to to give of ourselves. So you can say you can say a bunch of things in a conversation with somebody one night, and maybe some of those things weren't exactly what you wanted to say. Maybe some of those things they didn't take very well. Maybe they said some things to you that you didn't take very well, or, or um, didn't quite sit right with you. Um, but they disappear, and then the next time you talk to that person, maybe they're inconsequential at this point. Maybe they go away. Maybe you have a chance to. Um, clear up what you said or add more context that helps them understand you better. It's, it's a much more natural way of connecting and relating with one another. But when you um, do this online, everything you say, it, it, it's permanent. It's permanent. It's like, so you can't, you can't afford to um, make a mistake, so to speak. You can't afford to put something out there um, if you're trying to be a mature adult, that is. I mean, a lot of people just spout stuff and they don't really care. Um, and, you know, uh, anonymity adds a whole nother layer to this. But to the extent that you're trying to be um, a, a facsimile of your real self online, um, everything you say can and will be used against you later. Um, positive things will, will, will remain positive, but mostly it, it'll be the negative things that live in infamy. Um, similar to Yelp or Google reviews or the Better Business Bureau or any of these other review websites, um, generally people don't go there to sing the praises of companies. They go there to complain. And it is by, by nature the negativity that remains. And the same is true on, on social media because you know to the extent that you change your positions as a person in real life, and, and we see this in the church, we see this with pastors, 
you know, who have said things, um, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is, um, that have been recorded and live forever in, in the digital, in digital reality. And then, and then when they change those things or they, they they modify those positions or whatever, um, the stuff they said back, back when, uh, is still there. It's still there and it still seems every bit as real and current and fresh, um, as the new stuff, which of course creates a lot of confusion when it's, I mean, especially now that the quality of recording all this has become so, so good that consumer devices and cell phones and things can record, um, you know, very high fidelity video and audio, those recordings live forever on the internet. So now all of a sudden, um, you may be called at any given point, especially if you're a public figure of any sort. And by the way, everybody's a public figure of a certain degree. If you participate in social media, um, you may be called one day to answer for what you long ago corrected and long ago figured out and long ago uh, changed your position on. And in, nor- in, in real life, you know, pre-internet life or, or a non-digital existence, um, you're not going to have those errors or those sins sometimes thrown back in your face. Um, they will they will fade, you know, in, in, you know, time heals all wounds, as they say, well, not in the internet age, time doesn't heal internet wounds or internet sins or internet, um, mistakes. It preserve, you know, the internet preserves them for all of time. So time doesn't really exist as far as its ability to, um, to help every, to help everybody, uh, you know, let go of those things. They don't have a natural, um, they don't, they don't have a natural, um, uh, end time. They don't have a natural end point and that natural fade away period where it's like, okay, you know, yeah, I think he said that back then, but I'm not sure. I think he said, you know, I think pastor so-and-so said this back in, in 2012, but I'm not sure. Um, now, you know, where, where before you would say, well, let's go, let's go just ask him. What's your position on this? What do you what do you teach on this? I I, I thought I remembered you teaching something on this in 2012, but I, I don't know. So I want to clarify with you now. Well, we don't have to do that anymore because the video of Pastor So and So is up online from 2012, and we can go see for ourselves what he said. And now now he's going to be put on the defensive immediately, which I I, I don't think is healthy. Um, he gets put on the defensive immediately. His his position is usually to feel ambushed, not to feel like, oh, I hey, I've repented of this, and and humbly I will say I've changed my position. Here it is. Um, you know, we I mean we saw this with, and I'm getting to the end of my time here, but we saw this with um, the recent dust up with uh, Doug Wilson and Jared Moore, and I mean I wrote an article on it at, at Protestia and. Um, yeah, we, we, I mean, we, I had Jared Moore on protested tonight and, and we talked about this. We saw this with, with, um, the Doug Wilson thing where now all of a sudden he's being called to answer for things he said a long time ago. Now he did come on a recent podcast and basically confirm most of that. So it's not a great example, but let's just say he had changed that position, um, along the way. And he did change a few things, I think. But if you change that position along the way, and now all of a sudden um, he feels ambushed by you know seeing clips of himself recycled from before he changed his position, that's not going to be very fruitful for the discussion. Where the natural ebb and flow of natural human communication would have been, um, 
oh yeah, you know, I, I thought he said this back in 2012, and then we clarify, and he says, well, no, th- well, this is my current position, which is really what we care about. The current position, to the extent we believe in somebody's authenticity and the st- stability of what they believe, what's important is what they teach now. And yeah, they might bring up, yeah, back in 2012, I thought something else. I thought something was was different than this, but it's, I've changed and, and that would be a good thing rather than, um, you know, the digital version of yourself, 10 years younger, digital version of yourself is still on the internet preaching, a, preaching a false idea. But that's the, that's the nature of, um, what we're dealing with right now in the information age and with the internet being what it is. Um, yeah. And I'll keep talking about this for sure on the next podcast because there's more things that I want to say about this. And suffice to say, I do not have the answer for what to do about this except um, to encourage people to not not accept what they see online, not not accept the framework automatically, you know, to 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 not um, not assume anything without a lot of research, and also just to invest your time in in the relationships in front of you, in your, in family and church and people that, um, are actually, you know, physically invested and where it requires time and relationship building and compromise and, and back and forth and ebb and flow and where you really have skin in the game with each other rather than, and I, I realize this is ironic considering I have a lot of friends and brothers online that are important to me. Um, but rather than some, you know, folks online where you, you have, I mean, they have no skin in the game in your life. Um, you are, you are unfortunately in most cases, an illusion to them as far as your relationship in the space together. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Bully Pew podcast brought to you by protestia.com. Go to protestia.com to, um, subscribe. You can you can uh, click notifications. You can subscribe to the insurgency email list. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash protestia to um, keep this ministry going because uh, unfortunately it does take money to do all of this and I'm donating every bit that I can and we, unfortunately that is not enough. So we appreciate those of you who are patrons and who are helping us on a financial level of course before you do that you should be we say this as much as we remember to but you should be a loving giving serving faithful member of your local new testament church and be giving there take care of your family and be giving there before uh, before anything else uh, before you support this ministry at all but if you have an extra couple cups of coffee every month and you want to send them our way instead it's 5.95 a month protestia.com um patreon.com forward slash protestia anyway thanks for listening to the podcast we'll talk to you again next time